Amen. Amen. If he deserves it, just say amen with me, with me today. Amen. For all of the glory and honor belongs to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We welcome all of you today on this beautiful Thursday. Sun shines on the outside and he is shining on the inside of you. It is so good to be in the land of the living. And I'm so thankful that the Lord has allowed me to see another day. For truly, this is the day that the Lord has made that we can rejoice and be glad in it. Just in case anyone missed last week, let's just recap on a few things. Because today we're going to be talking about things to think on. We now have a clear understanding of repentance. It means to turn away from sin. Remove yourself from the things that are against God. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. Sin was passed on from one man and his name is Adam. Sin was removed by one man and his name is Jesus. True repentance is not because you got caught, but because you recognize the wrong and you want to change and are ready and willing to do so. We now know we do things that cause sin by the things the world offers. Remembering it said in 1 John 2, 15 and 16, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16 said, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The things that are manifested out of the inner man of the flesh are the things in Galatians. Again, these things the world caters to. So where do we go from here? We did say at the end to remember Philippians 4, verse 8. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue. And if there be any praise, think on these things. So let's examine these a little. If we say focus on these, we will not have time for the things of the flesh. What is true? Thinking on what is true. True means what is real. What is genuine. Truth. Consistent with fact, what is faithful and loyal, rightful or legitimate. When you think on what is true, this is how you are thinking. Truth is the principal character of our profession and is to be expressed in our words and action. What is truth? Thy word is truth. Jesus said the truth will make you free. So with clarity, it is the word that is truth that we should be thinking on. And this truth shall not only free us from death 
and the bondage of the world, but will also give us the life we need that is more abundantly. Thinking on what is honest. Honest is being upright, not being deceptive or fraudulent. Honest ties into being genuine, sincere. It is to be frankful, truthfully, without affection. We label some people by saying they are too honest. But an honest man is serious and is not double-tongued. Agreeing with someone or agreeing with one side and turn around and agree with the other is double-tongued and double-minded. Or saying one thing and turning around and saying the opposite. An honest man is trustworthy. He does not speak off the top of his head. He uses wisdom in the things he says or does. And kindness comes from his mouth. Thinking on what is just. Just is to be honorable and fair in your dealings. It is being consistent with what is morally right. Also with what is lawful and legitimate. When you think about what goes on in the world. There are many things done that are not legal, lawful, or morally right. We must think on the things that are true, honest, and just in order to discern and know what is, what is and what is not right. Now, thinking on what is pure. Pure is free of impurities, free of filth, free of dirt, unmixed, having faults perfected. We must preserve the heart, the hand, the tongue, and the eye from all impurity. Think on what is lovely, meaning whatever is good naturally on your own account and on account of its usefulness to others, whether in your conversation or conduct. Christians should always have a temper of mind that all can love it. I didn't say having a temper but a good attitude. You should never be sour, crabby, or irritable. And speaking of these things lovely, as God's people, we should not only take care of the things mentioned, but we should make it our business to improve ourselves in every other sort of virtue. Thinking on what is of a good report. Whatever things the public agree to acknowledge as useful and profitable to men, such as things that are charitable and kind and genuine, Christians should take the lead. There are actions which all men agree and all ages and countries regard as virtue, like courtesy, kindness, respect for parents, Purity between brother and sisters. In these things, God's people should be a pattern. A general conclusion to all of this would be, whatever things are such that they beautify and set you apart with a holy gravity, think and do those things while focusing on these things. We should also consider removing some of the things we have been focusing on. You know, uh, who gets your goat? You know what and who upsets you. 
and what and who gets you on your nerves. These are the things we must work on. For example, when there is something you really want, you will do everything in your power to keep. And any and everything upsets you, you would make sure it doesn't. See, if someone or somebody is going to take me out to dinner and they step on my toe and say something I don't like, all I would do is say, ouch, and go get that promised dinner. I refuse to let someone take my joy. Saints, that is what we need to begin to do. Don't let no one take your joy, regardless of what the circumstance or situation is. With that, let's look at Romans 8, 35-39. Saints, these things are, are here now and are coming. There is nothing you can do to stop any of them. But there is something you can do when they come. Verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Let's briefly examine these. This is the question. Who shall separate you? Will it be tribulation? Tribulation is great affliction. Tribulation is a trial, an experience in a test, endurance or patience of faith. All this can be caused by something or someone. The question to ask yourself, will you allow it to separate you from Christ's love? Distress is to cause anxiety or suffering. A good example of this is when you don't know which way to turn for relief. When you feel hemmed in on every side without the possibility of getting uh, or have an escape. Will it cause you to separate from Christ's love? Persecution. To be pressed or harassed with ill treatment. When people are cruel to you, is that all it takes? When you were in the world, some of you would take no stuff from anybody. You were tough. You would stand your ground. Then what has happened that you won't stand for Christ? Famine. Famine is the lack of food and all the necessities of life. Is your dependency and sufficiency in yourself. It's all it's going to take is for a bill to be overdue and you trade Jesus in. We are just asking a few questions to provoke you to love and good works today. Nakedness. There are different definitions for this word. One to be absolutely without clothing. Another having no covering or to be without disguise. So would any of these separate you from his love? How would you describe nakedness to you that it would cause you to separate yourself? Having no covering? People in a religious sense, those that no longer go to church, have no covering. Mm -hmm. And not being aware, it does begin to separate them. Mm -hmm. On another note, don't let the fancy clothing that you don't have stop you from seeking and following Christ. 
pearl. These are the last days. Pearl means danger. Much evil is felt and much more feared. These are dangerous times. We can see this occurring in many ways today. And none of them yet have you to do with Christ. Yet many are panicking. There is the sword. The total destruction of life. This is when they will come after you for his name's sake. This is when the perilous times will be about you. Now, if you have little, uh, let a little tribulation separate you. If you have let a little distress, distress stress you out. If you have allowed persecution and a little food to stop you. Just because you did have the clothes you wanted. If these things have separated you from his love, how are you going to manage with dangerous times and people seeking your life to kill you for his name's sake? Look at what it says in verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Did you know that? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us, regardless of anything that happens, regardless of anything that goes on, you are more than conquerors. But it is through him that love you. Now, here is where we make our confession. Here is where we stand fast to what we say. And here is where we also are tried by what we say we believe. Verse 38 says, for I am persuaded. The question you must ask yourself today, are you persuaded? Before you say you are persuaded, which means convinced, or you are ready to undertake a course of action, you are persuaded that neither death nor life Meaning whether there is someone that is living or someone that you love that passes away. You will not allow that to separate you. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Anything that is happening in, in this earth, the powers that are, that are there, that those that are in authority, you are not going to let what they say and do separate you from the love of Christ. Nor things to come, things present or things to come. Just as persuaded or convinced you are about these things, you have to be just as persuaded and convinced about the people that are behind these things. So not only the thing itself, but whoever is supporting it, you have to be totally persuaded. It does not matter whether it is a relative. It doesn't matter whether it's a friend. An enemy, a co-worker, a classmate, a spouse or child. What is important is you deal with it and you must work out your own salvation. 39 says now, nor height, nor depth, no matter how deep it is, no matter how big it is, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, 
which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Where is the love? It is in Christ Jesus. For in him we live and move and have our being. Without him, we can do nothing. He shall supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. As you look and examine all the things in verse 35 through 39, ask yourself, which of these things pertain to me? Which of these could cause me to separate? Then work on it. Work out your own salvation. And with that, my time is up and I thank you for yours.